everybody. Welcome back to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me tonight from Baton Rouge, uh, Tommy Johnson. But you probably knew that. You also probably knew Daniel Zollinger is joining us down in Florida. Hope everyone had a good weekend. Uh, LSU had a big win. Saints had a great come from behind win. So I imagine everyone's doing pretty good. Uh, We're going to wrap about uh, LSU college football in general. Uh, There's some other good games besides uh, our blowout win against Southern, uh, which LSU won 65 to 17, by the way. Uh, And then also some, uh, there were some coaching changes this weekend uh, and some, I don't know, there some are on the hot seat. We're going to get into all that and uh, what lies ahead for LSU as they start SEC play this upcoming weekend at home uh, against Mississippi State. But before we do, want to check in with the co-host, see how you guys are doing. Hope you had a good weekend. Um, I don't know, Tommy, man, I, I had a feeling Baton Rouge was going to be, I don't know what the kids are saying nowadays, lit crunk hype whatever it was but i you all you the on the ground so it was did it live up i mean uh, it's the traffic aside right because there's always traffic but how, how was it this weekend i'll be i'll be completely honest i was actually not in baton rouge for this weekend oh! i know right <laughs> um but well I, I could I could tell you if I was two states away and I could tell that the the energy I mean everybody was talking about how great the the energy on campus was you could hear um, it right yeah you could hear it I'm sure I think that the um, the I know the traffic was terrible. Gosh, yeah. I saw I saw people talking about the traffic, and I guess it's you know you got two two schools in the same town, so both fan bases coming to one location. Um, it's going to be bad, but uh, a good win for LSU. I I will say, and maybe this is an unpopular unpopular opinion. I, I would say if you follow LSU media or uh, you know LSU on Twitter. Um, you would you would see differently, but I kind of feel like we overhyped this game a little bit, like or not we. I th- I don't think we did, but I mean like the the media in general, um, like it was great. You know, it was it was great. I'm glad I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we played. But when it all comes down to it, it was a, you know it was an FCS game and an FCS team, and we showed that <laughs> it was not competitive at all. Um, so. But it, but it was a cool a cool thing and you know the, the halftime show looked cool and with the uh, the the bands together so yeah you know, that was a good that was a good thing yeah. yeah I had fun watching it was nice to see LSU get their first win of calendar year 2022 which is something to say uh, and yeah it was a, it was a big weekend in college football all around my Florida Gator coworkers were not too pleased this morning uh, <laughs> at work discussing the their loss to Kentucky and then plenty of other big games as well which I'm sure we'll get into but yeah I'm good to see LSU put one in the W column and uh, excited to look uh see if they can do the same against probably 10 times tougher opponent in Mississippi state this week. I mean, that might be generous. I mean, I mean, or that might, that might be under, uh, under counting how much, you know, like it was just, I'm sorry. It felt like they were watching a, watching a high school team play against yeah. LSU. And uh, I think Mississippi's ranked, right. Or no, no, they're not. They, I think they did receive votes, but they're not ranked, but uh, that air raid office is obviously something to respect. We'll break that down in a minute, <clears throat> but first we got to recap this LSU uh, blowout victory first ever meeting with Southern, which is crazy. Uh, like you said, time, it's like they're what eight miles apart and they've never played in yeah. over a hundred years. It's crazy. Uh, Cause we've played everybody else in the state, right? Well, I don't know about Grambling, 
but I, I know we've probably played everybody else in the state uh, many times, but not Southern. But now we have that in the books. And uh, it was, I mean, I don't think you could have asked for a better game from, from Brian Kelly, especially after week one. I mean, LSU looked like a completely different team, completely different competition, I will grant you. But uh, I do have to give credit to Southern. I thought their uniforms were nice. I did like their uniform. They look sweet. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah I mean, they, they were scrappy. Obviously, the talent was a, a far bridge between the two. But, uh, I mean, LSU uh, looked like the LSU of old where they just come out and dominate against somebody that they really should. Um, not, like, meddle around with somebody. But to his credit, Brian Kelly got his first win in Tiger Stadium. They get, The team gave him the game ball. All very sweet, Right. Uh, but LSU scored the most points in a quarter that they ever have. 37. Yeah. Like 37. I think, yeah, it was 37 at the end of the first quarter. But if that guy on special teams didn't kick the ball out of bounds, it could have been just as easily, uh, what, 40, 42 or something? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think that says something, uh, if if you want to look at it that way. Um, and, God, it, it, it may be maybe could have been a shutout. Uh, but Nuss got him started with a, with a pick six. Uh, I guess we could talk about that down the line. But overall, I mean, that's, what do you want from the Tigers other than a blowout win against a very subpar opponent? Also, you know, he got their business done early, so you could rest the starters and see yeah. what somebody like Garrett Nussmeyer could do. You could see what some of this, this depth on our uh, O-line and D-line and wherever else is like where we're at because you know it, it changes this week with mississippi state coming to town uh it's not going to be easy but i feel better about our chances now anyway uh what do you say tommy well i mean i think it's definitely it's a confidence booster you don't yeah. you don't want to go into your first sec play oh and two um you know a lot of a lot of stones have been cast from south Bend, indiana right now or uh, the past couple of weeks about their team and and how they're glad to have Brian Kelly gone and, you know, we're better off without him, but they, they lost to a, uh, you know, they, they lost to Ohio state and then they lost to a team they shouldn't have uh, in Marshall this, this weekend. So you don't want to be them and you're right. It's taking care of business, but I think really the only thing <clears throat> to be honest, I think the only thing really worth taking away from this, from this Southern game is uh, like you already kind of highlighted Garrett Nussmeyer's performance, which confirms why Jaden Daniels is the starter and, and why it's not close that I think yeah. it confirms yeah. why, uh, why in the, you know, the third quarter or fourth quarter of the FSU game when, Hey, maybe, maybe we just need a little spark. Maybe we need a little change. They did not go to the Nuss bus. Um, Cause that change, that little spark that they might've gotten is, could be a pick six, nothing again. I mean, again, that's nothing against, you know, Nussmeyer, I think what he's a true sophomore. So he's got a lot of um, room to develop and, and hopefully, you know, he could be the guy, uh, you know, in years to come. But if you had any question, which I, I mean, we even talked about it last week, I had any question about the quarterback situation. Um, I think, it, I think all your, all your questions were answered uh, with, with, and also with, with Jane Daniels performance, because he looked great. What he throw for four touchdowns, rush for one. Mm. I think that's accurate. Yeah. So uh, that's that's a that's a great performance, a great stat line for a starting quarterback. Again, you got to keep in mind what the competition is. But man, those those pick sixes by or the the two picks that 
one pick six, the two picks that uh, Nussmeyer threw, I mean, they weren't good. They weren't, they weren't 50, 50 balls either. No, it wasn't like he was tipped at the line or the receiver just bounced off his hands. They were just, here, I'm going to throw it up. Hope somebody gets it. Well, the first, yeah, the first one was just, I'm going to throw it up and let's see what happens. That second one. I mean, just take the sack. Yeah. You know, like that was, that was a, I don't know. Yeah. You don't want to pour on him, but, but I, I think it's just, yeah, I think the biggest takeaway, like I said, just to summarize, biggest takeaway is, is why the quarterback situation is what it is. Mm-hmm. It was good to see LSU, like you were touching on, Scott, actually dominate basically literally from the first play when their kick returner fumbled the ball and we recovered to start it off yeah. in, an, in an inverse of the, the previous week. Yeah. And like like you talked about, these are the type of games where LSU has been prone to letting the competition hang around a little bit into the second or third quarter where we're like tied with McNeese for a little while or like Northwestern state is kind of in the game. And and we always, I I say always, but 95% of the time win those games in the end, but sometimes it's a little more stressful than it needed to be. Oh yeah. That's, that's a typical LSU thing is to mess around and leave, leave a severely inferior team in the game. Yeah, but thankfully that wasn't what happened on Saturday as we were just throttling them in, in all phases of the game. Uh, like you said, Tommy, uh, Jaden Daniels was extremely sharp. I think he only had one incompletion. He had more touchdowns than incompletions. And yeah, barring that one pick six by Nussmeyer, they didn't have any kind of like, what are you doing moments like we saw against Florida State. And that's something that's going to need to continue uh, in order to beat Mississippi State in this upcoming week. I think it was a good opportunity for all the backups to get significant playing time. We were down to like third and four string. We had the walk-ons in there as well, uh, getting carries and making tackles. So at least they can say they stepped onto the field as an LSU tiger. And so that's, that's good to know. And yeah, uh, the team meshed well, Brian Kelly got his first win and it's just a, a stepping stone to build on for later. It's always hard to judge kind of the quality of your win in these type of games, uh, when it's that's the, that's the, the hard part yeah. when the gap is so wide because this is the same similar type of thing where we're talking about where florida state beat duquesne so badly and then we're like well they looked pretty good but like are they going to be that good against us like yeah now we throttled southern but are we going to be that good against mississippi state um it's two different stratospheres yeah and if we can replicate our level of of precision then yeah we can definitely play and win that game but uh if not then i mean you you win and then you take your licks in the sec so um i guess we can move on and and talk about that whenever y'all are ready but it was definitely a a pleasant evening to see lsu win without much stress which is normally what they serve up hot true yeah i mean the the, you know a win's a win but i think also like i was re-watching some of the highlights earlier today and and you know like that that touchdown pass that uh, daniels threw to uh to brian thomas you know like i think against an sec team that might be picked off it was, it was, you know, it was it, the quarterback was, was it was up for grabs. The quarterback was not in great coverage and it was behind, you know, it was like late and, and, and slower, you know, uh, Thomas had to adjust and basically slow down his route. So there's like little things where it's kind of like, you know, when you're playing on uh freshman mode on like NCAA, you can kind of just get away with a lot of things that, on all American or even Heisman mode, you're not going to get away with it. I feel like it's kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, well, really quickly, because, because it's something you said, Tommy, <laughs> that I don't know. I just, 
I, I recognized it too, you know, after Nuss was in the game for a while. Uh, by the way, the final line, it was uh, Jaden Daniels, 10 of 11, 137 yards, three TDs, oh, but God. no interceptions. But, I mean, that's – what more can you ask for, right? Nuss, I mean, he was 13 to 23 for 183 yards. Still, I know what the two picks mean. To me, that just means he's careless with the ball. Brian Kelly talked about it. He says he talked with him about it. Uh, but obviously, I mean, you can't deny that the guy's got talent, right? The talent's there. But I agree with you, Tom. I was like, how were these two neck and neck until the week of practice? That made me kind of feel, well, I don't think they All were. All right, there. Brian Kelly. Yeah, what did like... you just pull on me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do you feel duped or like, all right, so is Brian Kelly like just always going to be like this savvy or is it just this one time? Well, you know, it's a weird point about that is like, how bad does Miles Brennan have to have looked if he was right. behind Nussmeyer in that situation? So that, that I, I want, I really think there might be a, um, I really think that there's going to be something that comes out on the whole Miles Brennan situation because it just doesn't add up as to how either, either he just stopped caring at all, you know, which fair enough. Like he's been there for what, six years? Like, I can see where you'd be burnt out and be like, I, I think I'm ready to do something else. Or I, I wonder if he didn't even really want, if he was, if he was just kind of a placeholder and, and was never really going to play anyway. Maybe. Um, I also feel like it could have been that thing. Cause it's, I don't know. It's something you said, I think it was a pot or two ago, Tommy about how, I mean, he was around Joe Burrow for two years, but it's like, he never, use that to his advantage, you know, yeah. like, like Mac Jones might have, but yeah. he just didn't advance beyond what he already had. So I'm just wondering if that's the case, like from when he said he was going to walk away, but then Brian Kelly asked him to stay. It's like, did he just like, did he just plat? Was he still plateaued throughout this whole time? If that's the case, then I, I guess I get it, you know, but I, I don't know. I guess, like you said, maybe that'll come out later. Um, but I guess one other bright spot to bring up, which would be, I mean, they got Keishon Butte involved, right? Uh, I mean, he didn't, I mean, he had what, five receptions for 42 yards, no TDs, uh, but he did have a really nice, that nice little, uh, yeah, end around that run for like 40, like he basically equaled his passing yardage with one run. Yeah. It seemed <laughs> like they had some design plays for him. They're like, we're going to give Keishon the ball. Yeah. Yeah, at least five times in the first 10 minutes or whatever before he gets off the field, which I don't know whether they're kind of just appeasing him in that regard, but he seemed to make the most of his touches. Uh, and yeah, I gotta, gotta keep the man happy in some respect. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like they're holding back still a little bit though? Like I just, it's weird to me that he would still like, just be like intermittently involved against Southern. Like this would be a game where he could like break his own record. Right. But that didn't, that uh, was not nearly the case. I don't know if it's holding back or, or more so. I mean, think about all the people. Got, in. The, yeah. That and is, and also just spreading the wealth. Think about all the people that got touches and got touchdowns and, and like, uh, yeah, I and think that you, you don't want your best offensive weapon to get hurt. Like in a yeah. random throwaway play against Southern, even if he doesn't put up monster stats, like you got to save that a little bit. And yeah. I'm sure he kind of understands this. Yeah, no, there was like the Tigers had a they could field a football team with everyone that caught a pass on Saturday, uh, including Francione. So he does have some decent hands, although I'd say he received he got a one pass for 14 yards. I think that's about as far as he kicked it into the end zone. Uh, but I, I kid because I don't know, I mean, if the guy's already playing like special teams and a receiver, 
I mean, that's how Jarvis Landry started. Yeah. He, he cleaned up in uh, special teams. That's how he became a good receiver, I think. That's how he got playing time. Anyway, um, defensively, uh, I don't know what else you could ask for. Like I said, it was it was a shutout until Nuss threw the pick. It was, what, 51 and nothing at halftime? So I think the defense was there. Our leading tackler was Harold Perkins. So definitely getting other people involved. Uh, I thought that was great. Um you know, a lot of split sacks in the backfield. So uh, we even had a a pick six of our own. I I think I feel a little bit better about about the defense, even though, you know, you know, they'll cut the lesser. That that was a nice, that was a nice pick six. I I liked, um, you know, that was Desmond little uh, as as the outside rusher. And, Mm. you know, I thought, I thought for a second, because he's wearing number eight, uh, I had flashes of, of BJ. Of course, then I was like, wait, that's, right. yeah, that's he's, not BJ. He's, he's 18 now. So Yeah, and he didn't play. Yeah, no, he sat out, which I guess that was precautionary. Did y'all yeah. see? Yeah, okay. That's yeah, what I was he's, thinking. He's playing against Mississippi State. I think they already said. Um, but, yeah, do you, guys, uh, do you guys feel like we took a stride with defense as well as like we did with offense? Um, or is it too hard? I don't know. Is it hard to say? Cause it, I, I think mean, so. I was yeah, going to say ahead, our, our, D, our D line was they were putting enough pressure on the quarterback to force him into tough situations. And then our secondary, I think, had a really good game and just kind of locking down their receivers for a while. He had nowhere to throw. And then the linebackers filled the gaps on the, the run game. So uh, they were kind of just walking into a wall there. I would like to say may, see maybe a little bit more uh, outside pressure on the, the quarterback, which I guess you get from B.J. Ojolari and hopefully – he'll be back in time for next game, but overall you can't ask for, for too much more. Right. Um, and, you know, just to give us a, you know, like a full circle, a full circle thing here, special teams for what it's worth. I thought there was improvement there. Uh, I mean, we didn't have any issues kicking the ball either, you know, held or with punting. Uh, I mean, that was great, but then also, you know, they switched up the punt returns. We didn't see Malik neighbors back there. We saw, uh, you know, come come back up, please, Michael Baskerville. He had one, but it was 34 yards. Nice punt return. Uh, and then, uh, like, one other guy caught a punt. So they're, they're obviously looking elsewhere there, but no mistakes. You know, I don't care who's what team's punting the ball. You still got to be able to catch it. So, you know, they, they, they've corrected that, it seems. Uh, and I think that's, that's something we can, I guess, take comfort in, if you want to use that word, because uh, – I don't know. Some I just feel like in the old days, Miles Les Miles would have just he's just got to find his foot. He's just got to you know get comfortable back there. But he's our guy. You know, I was like, no, you drop two, you're out. And here we are. Yeah. So looking forward to Mississippi State. Uh, Tigers taking advantage of a really nice uh, home stretch with the scheduling, uh, but it is Mississippi State. So um, they they have looked, I think pretty good in their their first two games um like i said i don't i don't think they're i mean will rogers is just you know just uh pretty much like any qb that you would see in a mike leach offense he's he's doing great um i mean and for its credit i mean they've only played arizona and memphis uh but you know to mississippi state's defense they've held both teams to 23 or under and Mississippi State scored well more of that than in both games. So, I don't know. Obviously, something has to give this weekend. I think the the key for the Tigers is, you know, just handling this air raid offense because uh, I think both of the teams they faced already, 
nowhere near that type of, of offense. So you know, it's going to be a, quite a change-up. Do you think the Tigers' secondary and D-line, I guess, too, would be ready? Daniel, what do you think, man? Do you think because uh, LSU kind of they, – they did okay last year. Do you think – this year will be any different with, you know, a whole new cast of members <laughs> at DBU. Well, like, like you said, you know, Mike Leach air raid offense or kind of air raid, but the twist these days with the RPOs and other things that they run running backs out the backfield, this is going to be the biggest test for the secondary yet this year. And Will Rogers is probably the best true quarterback that they've seen in a little while. I think he's better than Travis Hunter of Florida state. So that's uh We'll we'll see whether Matt House can dial up um, what he, what he needs to do as far as the secondary, and that'll test the coordination of our cornerbacks who have kind of been a, a rotating carousel of players at this point uh, in safeties. I mean, we'll need to see Jay Ward um, and like Major Burns come up with some leadership and uh, direct the traffic there in that regard. Um, I think this is a really big opportunity for our D line to put a stamp on why they're supposed to be one of the best. Uh, groups in the country if they can get the pressure to will rogers then that makes life 10 times easier and i think we'll be okay so i kind of expect house to like kind of dial up a lot of blitzes in that regard mix up some some different looks and try and just get him a little bit out of sorts so he's not putting 500 yards up on our our defense which is not out of the realm of possibility uh so if it turns into a shootout then so be it um but hopefully that's not the case i think we've got a pretty good shot there i hope mm-hmm. What's say you, Tommy? Um, I mean, I think I think that Daniel, you're right about uh, the, the secondary play is going to be is going to be pivotal. I actually saw. I don't know if y'all saw this. I think um, Jay Ward is going to move to safety. I mean, g- going to move to uh, nickel. Mm. Um, and, and really? okay, with Greg <laughs> and Greg Brooks is going to get nickel too, which I, I, I might be completely off on that, but I think I saw that. Uh, but either way, I, yeah, I think that like. The the corner play I've watched the, the secondary play you know the for in these past few games is, but mainly on the FSU game because that's what I'm gonna you know really count as far as the the talent you're going up against um that's that's something that that is gonna have to be on point and you know we're gonna have to have our coverages down and and uh and like you said Daniel I think that also the pressure getting to the getting to the quarterback will be important and being able to make up for Mason Smith the absence of him. That's true. That, that's, I mean, that's something that you didn't plan for. Uh, we have, I think, I think you're still right. I think we do still have one of the best defensive lines in the SEC, but that Mason Smith is going to leave a, a pretty big hole. And, you know, you hope that, uh, that whether it's Jaquelin Roy or, uh, you know, Makai Wingo, whoever can, can kind of fill that, fill that gap. Um, I mean, I, I think also, well, it's just, it's, it's really, uh, it's gotta be a full, I think it's, it should be a full effort, full defensive effort. And then on the offensive side of the ball too, the, the offensive line is going to be something that we struggled with against FSU, obviously got it together a little bit more. And I mean, Daniels, when he had time to work, um, against Southern, I mean, he could dice them up. I mean, I, I saw a lot of good throws from him. I really liked that throw he made, um, to, I think it was Malik Babers, in the, the corner of the end zone, you know, you know what I'm talking about? The touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that. I thought that was, a, and, and that was for a, a large part because of the, the good protection that he had. So, uh, you know, 
I feel like we're not going to get, he's not going to have as much time as he had last week, just because the talent he's going to be up against. But if we can get somewhere between Southern and FSU, more time than FSU, but probably not as much as, as Southern, I think we'll have some, some more, um, you know, a, a better chance. But right now I just checked uh, LSU's, you know, a two point dog at home. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, it's it's a it's kind of a rare thing to be a to for LSU to be a, a, a an underdog at, at Tiger Stadium, but there it is. Yeah, you really only see that usually against Alabama. Alabama, or, yeah. Whenever whenever maybe Georgia or Auburn comes to town occasionally, but yeah, especially against Mississippi State, you, you don't <laughs> love to see that. But it's kind of the same situation you say against Florida State, where it's like, yeah, we have the talent definitely to win this game, but it comes down to execution and in this case, a lot of the game plan as well. So uh, like we saw the first game of 2020 when Florida or last time Mississippi state was here in 2020 and they beat us when miles Brennan was running for his life every two seconds and was holding onto the ball. That was Uh, a crazy game. Yeah. I saw that one in person. That was the first game back uh, in the, in the COVID year and we were excited to go to the stadium, but it was like so empty. And then we had terrible show on the field. As long as we get something better than that, I'll be pretty happy. I feel like, didn't we leave? It wasn't so bad. We left. I don't know. I think I stayed till the end because like it was a pretty close game somehow, but like, cause I'd shifted over from my, my regular seats to the student We're section. The, oh, okay. But don't you remember we moved, they moved us up. Yeah. Because of the COVID they rearranged the seats. So I had gotten assigned about 15 rows higher than what I was normally. Yeah, they basically to get, like took was, your, took your really good borderline field, le- field level seats and put you in the nosebleeds. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, I don't know. This is interesting because, yeah, Mississippi State's uh, favored by two, but they have the over-under at 55. So I guess they're expecting another, like, 24-23 game or something, um, which is interesting because if you look at the first two games uh, for both teams, points per game, they are both averaging 44.0. Points allowed per game, Mississippi State 20 even. LSU 20.5. So maybe they are pretty evenly matched and it'll just come down to execution. And that's pretty much what Brian Kelly says. Like in you know, playing against Mike Leach's defense, it's it's like everyone, you know, you have your assignment and you gotta stick with it, or else that's where lapses happen and we give up these long bombs, or just some guy just, you know, zigzags through our defense for for a long score. So I, I think that'll be interesting. Um I mean, especially if they're changing Jay Ward around like Tommy suspects. I, I don't know. I mean, he. I don't know. It's in, uh, unless I mean, but you know, it's like they if they have to juggle some offensive line rotations too, just to make it work better. I, I mean, I guess I'd be okay with that. Just find what works. But I don't know how much you can do on the fly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll find out. But I don't know. I. I don't know if I have a prediction for this one yet you guys i was i was thinking about it one note i kind of wanted to make is this a to me seems like a very important game kind of morale wise for the lsu yeah. players and the coaches yeah. because you lose to florida state that's obviously hurts really bad but your season is not necessarily over at that point you still got a lot of football ahead of you but if you lose mississippi state and you're one and two uh i mean there's not too much coming back from that you've got a whole lot more good opponents left on your schedule uh and then you're not even really in contention for a top level bowl or something like that. So, but if we can win this then we prove that we can beat a decent team and we can move forward. So 
Uh, back to the prediction thing. I was kind of thinking about it. I think LSU's defense is going to step up and it might be a little bit lower scoring than most people are anticipating. I, I can't pick against LSU at home against Mississippi state, but I think they keep it close. I'm giving a, uh, giving LSU one point 27, 26. And I feel like we're, I feel like we're just going to get embarrassed again, but I, I feel like I have to pick LSU too. Like, especially and in, and in, in, in from a, uh, from a wagering standpoint, giving me LSU with the points at home. Come on. You're begging me to take that. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like we do win this game. I think we might, we buy a field goal, maybe, or maybe four points. Um, I think that Jaden Daniels is going to, I think that in order for us to win, Jaden Daniels has to be, has to be electric. Basically how he's put now, but I'll give him credit. I mean, basically how he's played the past two games. Um, I think he just needs to, I think he'll need to, you know, throw for two and run for one or, Prefer for three and run for one. Um, one thing we haven't mentioned yet, but it's going to be important. What's John Emery going to do? This will be his first, his first game back. He's going to play. We know that. That's a, allegedly. Hey, I won't believe it till I see him on the sidelines with a jersey on. Or no, not even when he's on the sidelines. I won't believe it till he takes a handoff. Yeah, he might be wearing the sweatpants. <laughs> but um, yeah, like you know, what's our what's our potential All American? You know, going to do. So uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I, I, I'm going to go with like a 35, uh, 35, well, I don't know. It's Saturday night in Death Valley. Yeah. It is 6, 6 p.m. game on Saturday. So we get the prime time. That's true. Is it, is it a CBS game here? I think it's ESPN. Okay. Yeah, um, Let's go 31-28. Else she wins by a field goal. Mm, okay. Well, you had this at least one of the same numbers I did. I think uh, I think LSU is good for two, you know, the I don't see how Mississippi I mean, if you have home, usually they give you three points, right? Well, so. yeah, that's what so so really what what Vegas if if conventional wisdom um and, and they say in college football. Home, home field is actually worth more than three points. So um, if conventional wisdom is accurate, I mean, they're saying that in a neutral field, LSU would be, would be like a touchdown touchdown dog. Hmm. I'll go with, uh, I'll go with 31, 24 Tigers. I'd be happy if that's the result. <laughs> yeah. Watch us right. all. We're all going to have to eat our words. I mean, we, we all picked LSU against Florida state. I know um, we, we all, we lost there. Obviously well, we all picked him against <laughs> Southern. You can't really lose. But I don't know. I, I just, I feel like uh, each week until it happens, each week is destined to be the breakout game for our, our passing attack. Uh, I mean, it could be this week. I think uh, uh, Mississippi state, they give way more yards in the air than they do on the ground. So I don't know. We might see less of our, like we might have John Emery and we might break off a couple of runs for us, but that's just to keep them to respect the run. Cause you know, we're going to hit them in the air cause that's where they're weak. Uh, and that's their strength too. So we'll see how we do. Cause we're going about what a hundred, about 160 yards a game so far in the air. Um, I'm not as worried about their rushing attack. Cause 
I mean, I, I think they have one just just because they have to have a running back on the team, right? <laughs> Otherwise, they you know they're they're going to pass the whole way. So I don't know. I, I'll go with thirty-one twenty-four, and um, that means the Tigers will beat that, and they'll beat the over/under. But I, I don't know. That's that's getting beyond my my betting knowledge. Just tossing mm-hmm. that out there. But I think uh, I think the Jaden Daniels Jaden Daniels is going to have probably a better game than he just did i'll say that Ooh, i know i know right uh well i don't know i think they after well probably throw some more yards yeah true uh i mean he can't get much better you know completion percentage wise but i mean he can i mean three touchdowns 10 for 11 no picks uh i mean like what else do you want but i i feel like like you said he'll, he'll probably have more yards didn't joe uh like during the national championship year, didn't Joe have a have a uh, a game where he had a perfect completion percentage? I'm not sure, but there was some game that yeah, he like started off like 15 of 15 or something like that. Yeah, I seem to remember that. Have to look yeah. up the look up the stats. I might have to archive. go back to the glory days. Um, so there'll be some other interesting games this week. Uh, I think Texas A&M is playing Miami, so. Jimbo is just making the rounds against <laughs> Jimbo. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's got all of Florida and his uh, all of Florida's got them on his mind this week because FSU fans hate him. Now he's going to play Miami, uh, and they just lost to Appalachian State. So I, I don't know. Say he, State of North Carolina probably hates him too. <laughs> yeah. They, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, North Carolina beat Appalachian State, although barely. So I don't know. It's just uh, I think LSU is one of the few teams that's actually beat them. <laughs> that you know when they've scheduled so that's that's amazing but i mean in addition to texas a and i don't know i don't know if jimbo's in the hot seats you could just say oh it's one game but obviously that that would be a huge red flag to me if not for nothing else in the recruiting class that they just paid i mean brought in there right yeah. like that's to me that's what like that's the barometer it's like dude you've got all this talent i i get it if if for somehow talent was even, but, or the game, like your coaching prowesses were even, but the talent should just carry you way over the finish line, but it didn't. And well, that's, um, that's, you know, and I, and I saw some people saying that like, basically, you know, I think a lot of people would kind of been saying that, wow, like that's embarrassing. This is, it's an embarrassing loss for a and I totally agree. Um, I saw some people saying, well, it doesn't know you can't you can't say that uh the class like oh well the class is not on the field like that's a freshman that's just a, a they're all freshmen they're not can't expect that i'm like no but a&m's consistently had top five classes but even before nil they've consistently recruited five star after five star after five star like they, they're they're on the field right now top top rated classes yeah, you know, and App, App State's recruiting classes are ranked in like number 75 in the country. Yeah, like it shouldn't matter. Regardless of how many of this year's best class of all time is playing, you know, two years ago's class, what they weren't scrubs going to AM. So I think it's it, it's an embarrassing loss. I don't yeah, I think it's a good 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 question to ask Scott. I don't know if he's on the hot seat. Um I don't know if he I don't, I, I find warming it, up though, right? I don't know if it is or not. Well, they they just signed him to an extension. I think after the 2020 season, yeah. when they they almost made the playoff. Um, unless they go the way of Scott Frost, who also fell victim to the Sun Belt <laughs> this past week. Well, it was. I mean, Frost. 
Yeah, his 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 seat's ice like hits white hot. He's he's gone. He's fired. Uh, they didn't even give him what two games. Well, yeah, that was the thing because if they had fired him after I think October first, then they would have saved like four million on the buyout or something seven like that. Seven and a half. Seven. Uh, yeah. So they're like, the two weeks isn't worth it. Um, some booster must have dug so deep into I'll his, pay this. Here's, here's into his charitable million. donations. I want to send a message. I don't care about the seven. I'll eat the seven and a half mil, but fire him now. It, it, the him. Scott Frost thing is, has been crazy to me because, like, I don't understand how. Like, Bo Pelini is laughing, saying, I told you so. He really is. But, yeah, well, but, but Scott Frost, you think about it. To them, it was the perfect situation. Yeah. Son, he does good elsewhere. You, uh, he takes he, he he wins a national championship with UCF. <laughs> <laughs> Why not here? Right, but but it just it just never came to fruition, and um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, he's he's not the only one. Then you had guys like what was it, uh, Clay Helton, um, who's at where Georgia State, and he's the one that beat him. Mm-hmm. Like, he ended up at Georgia State, and like all these guys, yeah, it's just. It's it's what's funny is like go back to I saw something on it was on social media go back to 2017 and tell those teams yeah Clay Helton's gonna beat Scott Frost Georgia State's gonna beat Nebraska in four years what <laughs> yeah how do you how do you even because at the top what Clay Hilton would have been he was the head coach at USC right exactly yeah. exactly I know that's why I'm saying that it's like just to tell those fan bases then that their coaches were gonna <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but I mean, there were the, this was just this weekend was just ripe for upsets, and it almost came, uh, you know, at the feet of Alabama. Like honestly, I, I think Texas should have won that game. They they had they had it for the taking. It was well, and if you look at that, you know, all of Texas, all of Texas fan base right now says, no, we should have won that game because of the the holding penalty that was missed. You saw that? Well, well, you could say the holding penalty, or you could say, well, it was a safety, but no, he was never down, so uh, it it should have been intentional grounding. Oh, no, it's just an incomplete pass. Now it's fourth down. I would go back to that. But even still, you can't blame it on one or two calls. Go back to the play that set Alabama up for that game-winning field goal. Texas, The Texas cornerback was coming in, had Bryce Young square in his sights. Yeah. It's like, go for him. And Bryce Young moved like three inches. The guy just tries to arm tackle him. Bryce Young can easily get around that, runs for the first down. Alabama goes on, kicks the field goal. Well, no, but that's the play, though, with the, that were the guys. Oh, there was holding on that one. Yeah, they say that um, that the right tackle. So when, when Bryce Young avoids that sack, he moves, he steps up in the pocket, right? And he steps up pretty close to that right ta- to his right tackle. That right tackle it's supposed I mean, is, is just holding the, the defensive end. So then mm. Texas fan, I don't know if it would happen or not. Texas fans say, well, if he wasn't being held, it's an easy tackle for our, for our defensive line. I don't know. I, it's a lot I, of shoulda, coulda, woulda. I, I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but you, anyway, you, just, you know that the Alabama players are having a rough week in practice after all that, with Ooh. all the penalties they had, Saban's got them. Didn't they have hard. like 20 pen or 15 penalties? I think yeah, there was 15 penalties over a hundred yards. It was yeah. the most penalties that Saban's ever had in one game at Alabama. And then maybe you say that's the home field rest for Texas, but then they didn't bail no. them out at the end. So it kind of, it goes both ways. Um, I kind of would have liked to see Texas. What did I think just for the insanity of it? Um, the crowd would have gone bonkers. I don't know if y'all noticed this, but they had the, the yellow shirted, like 
guys all around the edge of the stadium preparing to stop the, the field storming oh, like really? if it was going to happen yeah like the um like lsu was like landmark security or something but yeah. they were fanned out literally all the ringed the entire field with right after texas kicked the uh field goal to to go up at the end but then obviously they didn't need them um i think that i thought that was kind of lame that if they would have beat alabama the students probably would have stormed the field but then they were going to stop it but it didn't happen daniel remember when we were at we were at some lsu game when was it oh was it was it the a&m game this past year when that when the yellow shirt people were like stopping the storm i think so yeah because that was when yeah, we we won at the very end. Uh, yeah, after the middle middle of a kind of ho hum season, but uh, Max Johnson actually played well that game and, and scored a lot. Mm. Um, no, but on this on this Texas thing, I, I think that's a you know it. I don't know if it's necessarily you can't really say like oh what a what a great what a quality win I mean quality loss like good good for Texas, but I do think I think that's a very good performance for them um, to hang with you know. It, I and I think Daniel, we were texting about it as it as it was going on. Like, uh, to you when you get when you get beat by the the best player in college football, the Heisman Trophy winner, it's hard. You know what can you say? Like, yeah, that it happens. And I don't think Texas is at Texas is recruited well. Of course, obviously they've got you know what the best quarterback in the nation right now with Arch Manning coming in, but they're not there yet. And I don't think on, on paper, nobody, I mean, on paper, they were a 20 point underdog. So coming in with a, within one point of Alabama, that's a, a, I think that should be, that's something to be proud of for, for the Longhorns. Yeah. Especially, especially with the fact that after the first quarter, Texas was on their second, third string quarterbacks, like yeah. even their second string, he was hurt. He was limping around. Yeah. You know? So uh, I, do it, we know what, what happened to, uh, to Quinn, yours? Yeah, the same thing that happened to Colt McCoy in the national championship game against Alabama. His shoulder? Yeah, he just he rode him to the ground, and his shoulder was the first thing that hit, and bye-bye. That's what happened. Man, it was it was sprained clavicle, so sprained collarbone. They haven't said how long he's supposed to be out, but um, thankfully it doesn't seem like anything career-ending or whatever. But Yeah. Uh, Right, it was non throwing, non throwing shoulder. So luckily for him, it's that. But they're saying yeah. out like four to six ish weeks, which is unfortunately a good chunk of the season. Yeah, mm. but I mean, until that moment, dude was dealing. Yeah, like, you, you can't say that Alabama, like that, that uh, Alabama would have still had that game if Quinn Ewers had never gotten hurt. So Alabama's they're on notice. I think Nick Saban is putting them on notice because even like after the game, his players were like walking around doing the horns down. He's like, don't do that. S H I T. Like he was pissed. Like you guys yeah. don't celebrate barely beating <laughs> Texas. My goodness. Um, but anyway, it was, it was good for football and it was just a, a crazy weekend all around. Like um, uh, Baylor and BYU went down to the wire loss, you know, went down to overtime. Uh, then you also had Kentucky and Florida, a really good game. Then, uh, I mean, Tennessee and Pittsburgh, they also went to overtime. Another really good game. Tennessee, I don't know, they may be undefeated by the time they come to Baton Rouge. Keep an eye on them. Um, and then, addition to that, I, I don't know, man. There's, I mean, just a lot of close games. It just feels like this year has that feel where anything could happen. Yeah. No, I, I think especially, like, for all of the the kind of – you know, the two big upsets that we've talked about this week with Notre Dame and uh, A&M um, and then Florida losing, which I, I mean, I don't consider that an upset necessarily. I mean, or uh, 
I think that was a, a, a two quality teams playing. Kentucky obviously better. Kentucky is somebody who is going to, I think, give uh, Kentucky and Tennessee are going to give Georgia the closest competition they'll have in the East. I don't know how close it's going to be. It seems like Georgia's head and shoulders above everybody, but yeah. they'll give them the two best games they'll probably get out of their division. Um, but I, I have to say, I just have, I, I just have some, some, uh, I just have to take delight in A and M losing to, mm. to, uh, the Appalachian State. And y'all saw the video the of the Yell leaders, right? Yeah. Well, it's Ooh. gone now. Hope you got to see it. <laughs> that's, oh, they that's... took it. Who took it down? A and M did, or yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, every well, time somebody posts it, AM tries to like copyright strike it down so people can't see the video of the cringe yell leaders making fun of app states. They're calling them hillbillies, hillbillies and all yeah. that. Meanwhile, yeah. they're in overalls and they're the like a bunch of fellas hanging out at <laughs> night, like talking smack about a team that they pay one point three million yeah. to come into their house and beat them. Scott, didn't uh, you send you sent us that I think you sent us a tweet. It was like uh that the Sunbelt made like three, four, three point five million dollars to beat Division One teams. Uh, I know it's, it's four and a half now. Four, they yeah. beat uh, Nebraska. They beat uh, Texas A and M and Notre Dame. Notre yes. Dame, yeah, yeah. Fun Wait, belt, baby. Marshall's yeah. in. The, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah so about, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, wow, Notre Dame. Uh, first after week one, even though they lost, they were laughing at Tiger fans. Like, oh, see, yeah. we told you. I'm like, well. What what'd you tell us? I mean, we it was our first game out. Uh, we're we're actually we almost won a game we shouldn't have. So I, I think we'll be okay. You guys, however, your coach has not won a game, dating back to last season. So and their starting quarterbacks out for the season. Ouch. Yeah. Worry about yourself, guys. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm excited to see what this week comes. Like I said, I don't know what other good games there are, but uh, this season is definitely definitely on tilt. So. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else? I don't think so. I think it's a good wrap up. I'd say it's a little bit of a, of a down week this week in terms of high profile matchups after like Ohio state, Notre Dame, and then Alabama, Texas, but definitely still quality matchups. I mean, LSU Mississippi state is probably one of the better games on, I would argue. So hopefully that'll bring some eyeballs to the program and I'm excited to watch. And so uh, we can capitalize on it. Yeah. You you don't want to be the team. You know, you don't gosh, you don't want to be an LSU team that loses in prime time at Death Valley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a bad yeah. look for the recruits and yep. just in general. But yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be fun. So I'm excited about it. Same here. Right on. Uh, so we will uh, we will have that for you next week. Looking forward to it. And any other news? Who knows? We'll, we'll keep an eye on the rest of college football and the landscape. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe some other coach's seat's going to be white hot and he'll be gone after this week. It's shaping up to be that season. Uh, we'll see. Either way, we'll have it for you next week here on Talking Tigs. So check back in with us. We'll have it all for you. The breakdown of the Mississippi State and looking forward to that that huge, uh, this this huge brawl we're going to have with New Mexico when they come. Can't to- wait. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, I mean, let's... <clears throat> Depending on what happens, it's another good tune-up game either way. Sure. Because uh, after that, it's the SEC slate. So, any final words, guys? Otherwise, we'll we'll wrap this up and head home. I think that's it. Just go okay. Tigers. Go Tigers, indeed. 
Uh, like we said, tune in next week. We'll have it all for you here on Talking Tig. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.